0: The passage that we'll be looking at this morning is Psalm 103. There are 22 verses in Psalm 103, and if you have your Bible, I encourage you to turn over there, and we will look at Psalm 103, and this will be our study at Psalm 103. Before we do that, ask that you pray with me. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. We ask your blessings upon our minds right now and our hearts. May your word continue to influence us and change us. Father, may we carry these words with us throughout this week and live by them and share them with others. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So our songs this morning, I appreciate Garland, focusing on our praise and worship to God. And if you notice just that line, just the title of the message this morning, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And that is from Psalm 103. And as as Ray also read for us, it's in Psalm 104 what is the psalmist saying? Well, David wrote Psalm 103, and he's talking to himself. He's telling himself to worship God. He's telling himself to praise God. And then he tells himself and he reminds himself why. And it's not just for himself. Of course, he's writing it as a psalm. I imagine that David's probably had to do that before. Or have you had to do that before? So that kind of brings our our introduction for this, this morning's message. I told myself to do it. You ever told yourself to do something? You go do it. You encourage yourself. You push yourself to. And sometimes you don't want to. Maybe you need to um, call someone because you might be late on a bill. I don't want to do that. It's annoying. And then I think about other things that uh, I don't want to call. If you you know me a little bit, you know that um, I feel... When I feel at home, I can be outgoing and speaking to others. But otherwise, I'm pretty to myself. When I get away from the church building, I'm kind of shy and I'm quiet and I'm reserved. I have to tell myself to talk, to say something. I have to push myself to do that. When I have to make phone calls, I have to push myself to do that. Now, you might be thinking, oh, yeah, I talk to people all the time and no problem with it. Why would you have any issue with talking on the phone? And, and I don't know, maybe it's a man thing. I, I want my conversations to go more, less than a minute when I'm on the telephone. And if it's less than a minute, I can just text it probably. So that's, that's usually what is on my mind. Um, but I also, I remember, you know, a lot of phone calls, they, I don't know, maybe there's a lot of them in my past that just didn't go the way I wanted to. I'd rather talk to somebody, I'd rather see them face to face and talk to them in person. So I've often had to tell myself to do things. To say something, to make sure, make a priority to to greet someone or to call someone, to put away those nerves. Now, I also have to do this. This Psalm 103 should be a scripture that's on the walls of our house. Psalm 103. At least for me, because when I read this, and I I read, bless the Lord on my soul, David's saying this, worship God. He's telling his own soul. Worship God. Praise Him. You know, last week was Father's Day. Father's Day, I don't know what the source is. I've gotten multiple sources from multiple preachers and read them. I can't tell you specifically where they are. But Father's Day has been noted for the least, being the least attended Sunday of the year. If that tells you something about fatherhood and manliness in the world today. Whereas Mother's Day is usually What? It's the opposite. It's, it's probably the most attended, if not the second most attended, to Easter or to Christmas. And so people think, of, you start thinking about that. And I think as men, we need to have this. We need to have this, a statement, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, on our heart. When you wake up on Sunday morning, it's the Lord's day, first of all, not your day of rest, m- merely, It might be your day of rest, but first thing it is, it's the Lord's Day. It's the day in which Christ rose from the dead. The reason we have the day off, the reason people take Sunday off all over the world, is because of the Christian faith. It's because Jesus rose on this day, and it's because we assemble and we gather on this day, and we commune with Christ, and Christians worship on this day. And I think it's a sad state where, but sometimes we have to. We have to wake up and say to ourselves, bless the Lord, O my soul. I'm going to worship God today. I'm going to make it a priority. I'm going to make sure that I do this. And I hope that it makes an imprint imprint on us that we think that way. That we tell ourselves, I need to worship God. Why do I need to worship God? Well, David tells us here, and we're going to look at it. So if you have your Bible, let's open up to Psalm 103. The first five verses here, I'm not going to be putting on the screen. We're going to read them and draw some observations from it. Psalm 103. This is what we read. Bless the Lord. Notice their capital L-O-R-D. Bless Jehovah. Bless Yahweh. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Calling upon Himself to worship. He says, all that is within me. What does He mean by bless bless the Lord, O my soul? He tells you that. And you got this parallelism that happens through all the Scriptures. He says, this is what He means. All that is within me. Bless His holy name. That's what He means. With everything within me, I need to worship God. I need to commit myself. I need to tell myself. I need to command myself to worship God. And it's not just, oh, I'm going to go to worship. I do that every Sunday. I'm okay with that. But do you tell yourself, bless the Lord, O my soul, with everything within me? Look at verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Why do we need to do this? There's so many blessings that come from worshiping God. It's not merely to... uh, A lot of people think of God sometimes as a man and think, what kind of man would command himself to be worshiped or praised? Well, God himself, God our creator, commands us to because it it shows us so much about who we are. We're made in his likeness. We're given in all existence. We have life from him. Everything we know about right and wrong. Morality, righteousness, and everything comes from him. Everything that we have comes from him. We worship him because it's ultimately a blessing to us. And David says, forget not all of his benefits. And I think that's why people don't worship God. They forget what God's given them. They forget the blessings and the benefits that come from the creator. Look at verses 3 through 5. What are those blessings? He says here, who forgives all your iniquities? All of them. And I love the song that we just sang from Psalm 105, I mean Psalm 103, mixing in Psalm 103 um, with what Christ did for us, the forgiveness of all of our sins, and that's the blessing that we have as Christians when we're baptized. All of our sins are washed away. Not most of them except for that one bad one. All of them. And then he says, he forgives all your iniquities and he heals all your diseases. You Remember the last time you got sick? Why did you recover from it? well, I just can, I'm strong, I had the right diet. You could have died from it. You die from the most simple and common things that are here in the world. Why is it that you continue to live? God heals of all diseases. And in the context here, one commentator said, the forgiveness of all sins and the healing of all these diseases might be as simply a redundancy. And that he's trying to say the same thing twice. Keep reading here verses 4 and 5. He says, Who redeems your life from destruction? It's God who redeems you, who keeps you from death, from reaching that ultimate end. He gives you meaning and purpose in life. And look at verse 4. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies? Oh, how has God loved me? How has He shown compassion on me? He's given you life and breath. He's given you all that you have. Yes, sometimes you go through hardships in life and you go through trials. And God is still right there with you. He's the one who's giving you the blessings and the benefits. Look at verse 5. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. That's going to happen today. We finished Bible class. You think about the reasons you worship God, because God gives you things. He gives you blessings. You remember Ecclesiastes? Where we, we studied that a few weeks ago, or months ago now, I think where Solomon says the good things God has given you in this life is the work that you have and the food that you eat and those who are around you. And that we are to take joy in that because God has given them for for that reason. So who satisfies your mouth with good things and that your youth is renewed like the eagles? And so the picture there of the eagle is often there to to depict that, that vibrancy that we have. God is able to give that to you to restore your health and your life. So again, here's some observations from Psalm 103. These are the things that I've seen from what we just read. The psalmist David again calls himself to worship. You've got to, we need to do that. And I think as Christians, we need to do that. And we see it as a biblical thing in the Old Testament and the New Testament. The psalm here commands oneself to bless God with all that is within us. Every bit of it my mind and heart needs to be focused on God. I need to be studying His Word, and it starts now. And it's a blessing that at the beginning of the week that we worship God, and we we do the best we can with all of our soul, all that's within us, because it's to stay with us throughout the rest of the week. If it's not staying with it, with us, we need to be studying. We need to make ourselves make sure we're around other Christians that we're praying with others. That word soul there. Worship God with all your soul. It's the Hebrew word nefesh. In Genesis 2 and verse 7, when God breathed the breath into Adam, into man, that is the Nefesh, all that is within him, his breath, his life. That's how we are to worship God with all that is within us. The blessings of God that we read here, and we've just begun reading them, they are to stir us to worship. You see, when we realize and we're thankful to our Creator for what He's given us, we want to worship Him. We want to pray to Him. We want to adore Him. We know the great things that He gives to us. And the more that we do that, the more He gives to us. The more that we're faithful to Him, the more He gives to us. Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Remember that in Matthew chapter 6? What does He mean by all things? He's talking about food and clothing and everything that you need. God gives it to you. You know what you need to do? Make your priorities right. And seek first the kingdom of God. Seek Him and worship Him. The psalm also encourages us do don't, don't forget the benefits of God. If you're forgetting worship, if you're neglecting that, it's because you're forgetting God's blessings. Write them down, look at them, list them, think about them, pray to God. Think about those things that He has given you. Life and breath and everything that you have. He's given you purpose and meaning to live. Don't take it for granted. And then we read some of the blessings here in Psalm 103. And he talks about the forgiveness, not just any forgiveness. He says the forgiveness of all iniquities, all sins, all transgressions, the healing, not just any healing, of all diseases. God's love and compassion for redeeming your life and who you are. Those are the things that we've read. God's provision, what He's given to you, what He provides for you, the good that you have to eat, and the youthful strength, the strength that you do have, it comes from God. Here's the truth, though. Without God each one of us remains this. Just looking at those blessings, what, what remains? If we're without God and we neglect Him, what do we have? We're just guilty and sickly and endangered and needy and weak. And all these things that remind us, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, with all that is within me. And this morning, I was thinking about that. I was reading over Psalm 103 and I'm thinking about preaching it and, and speaking this message. And I said, I need to, tell myself something. I'm looking at Psalm 103 and I said, and, and I say it to myself, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, with all that's within me. Because God has blessed us and he's given us everything. Think about this. Is How godly is it to avoid worshiping one's creator when your creator gives you all your existence, your life, and you're made in his likeness? You're made in His image. It's not godly at all, is it? It's not masculine. It's not feminine. It's not as God intended it. He is your Creator and He made you. There's nothing good in that. There's only blessings that come from us adoring our Creator. Worshiping Him and praising Him, glorifying Him and thanking Him before others and recognizing who He is. There are great blessings that come from our worship. The Bible continually tells us, and it tells, you can go in Ephesians chapter 5, and look in verses 18 through 20, and it says, do not be filled, do not be drunk with wine. And then he says, "In to that. Instead, you're to replace it with something. What do you replace it with? He says, you be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And throughout Ephesians 4 and 5, you have all these sins that Paul brings out, and he says, you can't just clean the house, you've got to replace it with something good you got a sin you're struggling with, and you can be like, oh, I've, I haven't done it for a week. haven't done it for a month. haven't done it for a year. But have you replaced it with what God has wanted you to place it with? And so he says here in regards to drunkenness, he says, fill yourself with the Spirit. And he says, and then speak to one another in Psalms, hymns, and some spiritual songs. And then what? In verse 20, he says, giving thanks to God. Being thankful. Worshiping Him. Praising Him. And I think many people continue to struggle with sin because they're not thanking God. They're not worshiping Him in the way that they should. And I think that comes to light in other passages. We're going to come back to it in a, in a moment. We see this in John chapter 4. Remember, Jesus is talking to the Samaritan woman. And He says there's coming a time. The hour is coming. And the hour is now. When true worshipers will worship, will worship God in spirit and in truth. Do you worship God in spirit and truth? Are you doing it according to the truth of God's Word? Are you doing it with the right spirit? The godly spirit. It reminds me of this passage here, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15, where in the context of Christians gathering together in the assembly, Paul says to them, He says, now he says, and he's using himself as an example, and he says, I will pray with my spirit, I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. Both my spirit and mind. He says, I will make melody, I will sing, sing, and he's specific on using words, so we know that he's talking about singing there. He says, I will sing with my spirit and I will sing with my mind. Now the church there in Corinth, they were singing and and apparently worshiping and praying with their spirit, but their mind wasn't a part of it. And I think sometimes, depending on what congregation you're a part of, you might be lacking one or the other. Oh, our mind's in it, but our heart's not in it. Or our heart's in it, but our mind's not really thinking about God's word. We're kind of making it up as we go. And the scriptures tell us that we need to worship God in the right way with our heart and with our mind. And I think that is reflective there of Psalm 103. I think about this passage, coming back to how worship is good for us and keeping us from sin. Romans chapter 1, 18 through 18-32. And Paul says here, he says, those who don't recognize God, who don't honor God, and who do not thank God. God gives them over to their passions, to their lusts, to their coveting. To where they don't have self-control anymore. That's the state of the world we live in. People ignoring God. And they don't know why. They have no self-control. Because they do not adore their creator. And that's a whole other study right there in Romans 1, 18-32. Very clear. I've often preached that mass passage and said, listen, you want to become an atheist? This is what you do. Don't recognize God. Don't worship Him. Don't adore Him. Don't honor Him. Don't thank Him. And you will draw away from God. And you'll struggle with sin, and you'll worship yourself and your lust and whatever you covet in this world over over God and over the Creator. For our study this morning, I want to go a little bit further in Psalm 103. I want to look at what David has to say here. And as we're going through these passages, we'll make further reflection, and then we'll come back and conclude where we began. And this is what David says in verse 6. The Lord executes righteousness and justice For all who are oppressed, God is always doing that. Yes, there are people who are oppressed. God does not take away free will, but He works about, and He works justice. We see it all throughout Scripture. He works all good for those who love Him. And we continue to read here, He made known His ways to Moses, His acts to the children of Israel. Remember, this is an Old Testament passage. He's saying, God has revealed all the law to Moses and to the children of Israel, and that law is a blessing. He says, the Lord is merciful and gracious, and now David is quoting from Exodus chapter 34, 6-7, through seven, looking at the qualities of God. You know why you should worship God? Not just for the benefits and the blessings. Because of who He is. That He's merciful and gracious, that He's forgiving, He's slow to anger and abounding in mercy. And how many times God could have executed His anger against us because the, the things that we've done, the things that we've said, the sins that we've committed, and yet He's merciful upon us and He wants all people to come to repentance and all to be saved. It says here, he will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins. He has not dealt according to our sins. He's been merciful, nor punished us according to our iniquities. He's been merciful upon us. And thank God for that. That's why we go to God and we say, bless the Lord, O my soul, because we can worship him. How can I know that God knows who I am? Who am I? I'm nothing in this world. I'm just dust. You ever felt like that? You ever felt alone? You felt like you weren't worth anything? God's made you in His likeness. He's given you purpose and meaning. He's formed you when you were in your mother's womb. Psalm 139 tells us this. He knows the number of your days. We read this in Psalm 103, verses 11 through 14. For as the heavens are high above the earth... So great is his mercy toward those who fear him, to those who respect and reverence him. As far as east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He knows our frame. He knows how we're made, and he remembers that we are dust. That we were created in the beginning, that he breathed life into us. He remembers he knows that we're weak. He knows we have struggles. He knows we have hardships. He's not blind to that. He knows that. And he knows that there's good that can come from that as well. I think about this, Psalm 103, it continues to put things into perspective for us as we're worshiping our Creator. We don't have many days in this life. You don't know what day you will have. You don't know if you're going to live to see this evening or wake up tomorrow morning. You don't know that. Psalm 103, 15 through 18 this is what the psalmist says, what David says. He says, As for man, his days are like grass, as a flower of the field. So he flourishes, he flourishes, he grows up, he shoots up. And then it says, And the wind passes over it, and it is gone. That's life. And his place remembers it no more. You know, once we pass, who will remember us? Will our great great children, great great grandchildren know our names? Not doubtful. It says here, but the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. What everlasting? He means from every generation and ongoing. He means into all eternity to the, the blessing of being resurrected in the last day and the everlasting life that God gives us. This is why we worship him. This is how we know that he is merciful upon us. He says, on those who fear him, he gives that everlasting, those everlasting blessings. And his righteousness to children's children, to such as keep his covenant, his testament. His contract, His agreement with us, and to those who remember His commandments to do them. That's the covenant to keep His commandments. That's our job. I read that passage and I was looking through Psalm 103. And it stands out to me, James 4 and verse 14 tells us, life is but a vapor. We see it and it's there for a little while and it's gone. So what do you do at that time? You know what you do at that time? You worship God. You say to yourself, bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord with all that is within me. I give praise to his holy name. That's what we do. As we come to the end of Psalm 103, this is what we read, verses 19 through 22. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. He has authority and rule over all. He is just and he is righteous. And listen to what David does here. He calls upon the heavens. It calls upon God's ministers, His angelic heavenly ministers, His angels. Bless the Lord, you His angels. Can you imagine that? Calling upon the angels in heaven to worship God. Maybe we need to do that. But I think just doing that is a fascinating thought in itself. And we'll think about that more in a moment. But bless the Lord, you His angels, who excel in strength, who do His word, You know, some of the angels rebelled against God. But those who do His Word, heeding the voice of His Word, bless the Lord, all you His hosts. There's the angels again, you spirits. You ministers of His who do His pleasure. Bless the Lord, all of His works. Whether angels and man and all of God's creation, He says in all places of His dominion, and listen to how He concludes the psalm. Bless the Lord, O my soul. You get the purpose of Psalm 103. And maybe we need to get back to calling ourselves to worship. Calling ourselves to do that. When we call ourselves to do that, and we tell ourselves, I need to worship God, and I need to worship God with all my soul, with everything that's within me. We're telling ourselves, I need to be prepared, I need to be ready. I'm going to get plenty of sleep on Saturday night, I'm going to be ready for Sunday, I'm going to make sure that my Bible is out so I can read throughout the week so I can worship God, I'm going to try to turn off that radio in my car and pray and even sing as I drive down the road. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to fill my life with this. This is what we read in Psalm 103. Now think about this, the call of angels to worship. we can call angels to worship God, who else can we call? We definitely need to call ourselves to God, to find Him, to seek him, to worship him. I hope that, that you keep this psalm in mind. If you ever get discouraged, or if you ever think, you know, what use is it? You think about Psalm 103 and the great blessings and the nature of our creator and what he's done for us. And this will help us to worship him in spirit and in truth, that our hearts and our minds and what we do every first day of the week and throughout all of our life. So Jesus revealed this again in John 4, 23-24. He says, but the hour is coming and now is when true worshipers, true worshipers, is that you? Are you a true worshiper? Who will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. That's what God wants. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. In Greek, I was reading over the text this morning, the Greek text. The word must is there. It's plain as day and emphatic. It's the Greek word day. You must worship him in spirit and in truth. And God help us to do that. And may we all worship God and call ourselves to worship him with all of our soul. We encourage you this morning, if you're not a Christian, that you become one. And if you're looking... And willing to call yourself to worship God. We encourage you to become a Christian. The Bible says while you become a Christian. You believe. Believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. That he rose from the dead. And believing that you confess with your mouth. And having made confession. That you bury your old self in sin. Because you've repented of your sins. You bury that old person in baptism. And God does the work and raises you back up. He washes away all of your sins. Colossians 2 verses 12 through 13. Jesus says in Matthew 28, that's when we become a disciple, a follower of Christ. You remember Jesus commanded his disciples? And he says, Go therefore make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age.